0: Welcome back to Real Perspective, the podcast based on a YouTube channel based on a podcast. As always, I'm your co host, MJ Smith. I'm Michael Morey. And this week is a week of, I think, bonus episodes for you guys. Um, uh, we're going to do one episode about uh, Aladdin, the 2019 live action remake of Aladdin, starring a guy and Will Smith <laughs> and a girl. Naomi Scott. Her name's Naomi Scott. Yeah, I know her name. I don't know Aladdin's name. (laughs) That's a problem. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And directed by Guy Ritchie. Um, And then later on, this week or next week, I'm not sure, um, we're going to be doing an episode with Jeremy Calcara about Brightburn, which is gross. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. Aladdin's a movie. 2019. That's... The same movie as the one from 1992. <laughs> That's your plot summary. Yep. <laughs> it's about a dude finds a genie, falls in love with a girl, three Shows wishes of the world. Yeah, yep, there's a magic carpet, there's mm-hmm. a monkey. Uh, there's a bad guy, a real bad guy.
1: Yep. But as in like he's real bad at being a bad guy. <laughs> yep.
0: Yep. We're the bad guys. Yeah, <laughs> not a line, not a line. That's Genie should have looked at Jafar and said that after Genie yep. captured him. True. Um. So that I mean, if you know the plot of Aladdin, like you literally know that. It's that, but two hours now instead of ninety-eight minutes. There from.
1: is a handmaiden and a framing device.
0: That's true. <laughs> that's true. There's a little bit of a framing device in the other one.
1: Yeah, oh well, I forgot. I haven't seen the old so one. So there's like, like, a, there's like years. a there's
0: like a peddler in oh, that's right. the middle yeah. of the desert that sings Arabian Nights yes. with significantly less auto tune. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so this the biggest difference that I could tell you has to do with genie and it's not that big of a difference but it is set up as genie after he's been freed spoilers for the movie from 1992 and this one uh after he's been freed has now started a new life with what we later learn is a handmaiden of jasmine's and he's telling the story of aladdin and the genie and jafar and jasmine to his children that he has with this hand mm-hmm. um that's the only difference I could really think about that.
1: Uh, they kind of give Jasmine a little bit more of a role in she has this. A, yeah. She has another song, Yeah, they for wrote example. they
0: wrote a new song yeah. for her. Uh, Iago sucks more. Yes. Um, that's about that's it. it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jafar doesn't turn into a giant snake. Yes. Which...
1: Also, Jafar
0: sucks. He's really
1: bad. So bad.
0: He's really bad. Um... So, yeah, when we meet Aladdin, he's a street rat, as the film uh, constantly reminds us. <laughs> um, and he's he's living on the street, thieving to make ends meet, but he's a thief with a heart of gold that gives up the what little he has to people who are needier than him. And he meets this woman in the streets of Agrabah and helps her get some food. And it's Jasmine in disguise, but we kind of don't know that. And then he learns that.
1: But we kind of do because we've seen the 92 movie. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) And uh, I actually hadn't seen it in so long that I couldn't remember if that happened in the 92 (laughs) version. Um, Then he goes to the palace. He sneaks into the palace and gets captured by Jafar. Jafar makes him go into the Cave of Wonders and get the lamp. He gets trapped in the Cave of Wonders, meets the genie. Genie starts granting him his wishes. He misuses his wishes uh, and... Then Genie gets captured by Jafar, and he has to rescue Genie from Jafar and come clean to Jasmine and her father. Uh, Meanwhile, Jasmine is fighting to become the first female sultan of Agrabah. And that's kind of it. Jafar wants the Genie for bad things. That's his entire arc (laughs) in this movie. So, Mike, what did you think about Aladdin, the guy Ritchie? Guy Ritchie Times version. Um, Man, I don't know. I go
1: back and forth on it. Like I wanna say I kinda liked it despite itself. Because I think it had some good parts in it. It had a lot of bad though. And the bad revolves around like I feel like the production design of this movie was bad. Like things just look really, like, fakey and movie stagey and
0: so yeah one of the things i noticed is that he shot it like speed racer yeah where everything's in focus all the time which works in speed racer because the entire environment around the actors is completely digital right it doesn't work here because some of the environment is a movie set Mm -hmm. so it just looks like a movie set they forgot to light yeah yeah, it just
1: it just looks real bad. Yeah, like it's in really a ugly. of places. it's one of
0: the ugliest studio movies I've seen ever. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, it just it looks like garbage. Um, some of the directorial choices in it, and with regards to like slow mo in various places, that just feel out of place. Um, the guy Ritchie stuff. The guy Ritchie stuff is pretty bad. Like I read one comment online that I completely agreed with, which was. Like has John R- or has Guy Ritchie ever seen a musical ever? Because like sometimes like his music like just starts out of nowhere. Like there's no real good build up to mm-hmm. some of these songs. It just they happen, and it feels really jarring when it does that.
0: Or there's a lot of false starts. Yeah. Like there's this. There was a scene after Jasmine leaves Aladdin in his uh, like apartment thing, where he starts to sing, and I thought it was going to be a musical number, and then it was just a couple lines. <laughs> And I was like, what?
1: Yeah. It, that, and then when you have the Jasmine, like, reprise of her song at the
0: end of the movie. Which is the kind of, full song.
1: Which is the full song. So the
0: reprise they, is the first time she sings it.
1: Right. That's a really bad decision. Like, yeah. you should have sung the whole song the first time. And then you do the reprise, like, little short bit the second time. Yeah. What?
0: Yeah. They flipped it.
1: Uh, yeah. So that was bizarre. There's a, a lot of bad technical choices in this movie, mm-hmm. is what I'm getting at. That being said, I kind of liked the leads. Like, Aladdin's eh, Um, which (laughs) is pretty damning, I guess, when you think about it. But I really liked Jasmine, but that might be because because I had like a giant crush on Naomi Scott, (laughs) like the entire movie. Uh Um, But Will Smith tried really hard too. Um, And so the the charisma, I felt like, kind of carried it a Mm -hmm. little
0: bit. Of the mains.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of hard to. Even how bad and flabby some of it is, the bones that we talk about in our movies a lot, it's still the movie that we liked as a kid, you know? And that carries it through.
0: Were you a big Aladdin fan?
1: Well, you know, I must have been. I mean, I liked it. (laughs) I haven't seen it probably in 25 years. But the music still resonates. Like, there's still, like, a lot of good musical cues and characters that are memorable in that. Um, So... I liked it. I know I liked it when I was a kid. Um, and so I think that's probably what carried it through to me for me. Uh, but technically it was kind of a mess.
0: Yeah. It's a uh, Mike texted me after he saw it and he told me that the movie was incontinent. <laughs> <laughs> I think he meant inconsistent.
1: Yes. But actually
0: (laughs) he wasn't wrong about it being incontinent like it's mostly fine but every once in a while (laughs)
1: there's
0: there should have been some cleanup
1: yeah (laughs) some tums needed to be put in that (laughs) production process
0: um yeah i don't think i liked it uh but i didn't hate it either it's like inoffensive isn't the right word because there's some parts that are really bad
1: that yeah, like, kind of ins- offended me my sensibilities. So like
0: on the Captain Marvel episode I said that that movie was above below average and I think this is, I think this movie is averagely below average. Okay, okay. It, like it, it, I can't think of a good way to describe it because it's not like a train wreck but I don't want to see it again. Yeah. But like, I, it's hard for me to dismiss it all. I really, really, really liked Will Smith in this movie. hmm I That was his best performance in a long time. I think yeah. it, it, you really got that. Like, he felt like Will Smith again. Like, it felt like the Will Smith that I remember from when I was a kid. Right? Yeah. Um, he really gave a crap about this role. And I think that's good because Genie's the most memorable part of the original as well. Uh-huh. And I think that's the, I think that's honestly the spot that could have gotten them in the most trouble. Yes. Um. So to see them stick the landing on basically all of that performance wise was good Mm -hmm. uh the problem is he's not good to look at for (sighs) large chunks of the movie yeah so it makes it worse um so i like i I felt really bad for will smith because he's giving it his all you can tell he really cared about doing the character justice you can tell he really wanted to make it will smith's version version of the genie um you know, I, I don't think he really stepped on any of Robin Williams' bits or toes or anything like that. Like, it very much felt contained. And there's some, there's some like, cute callbacks to it, to the original genie design and stuff like that. So, um, I thought all that stuff was handled really well, but the CGI on him when he's blue is terrible. It's
1: so It's bad. so bad. It's like, so bad. You can tell that they just uh, um, mo-capped his face mm-hmm. and they put it on, like, a CG body and that is always bad. Like, I have never seen that work right in anything. Did you ever play that game, L.A. Noir? No. But you know what I'm talking yes. about, right? Because, like, that game... My brother brought this up as a good example, so I'll give him credit for it. But that game, they just mo the faces, and it just feels like you see, like, this human performance on this robot. You mm-hmm. know, like, the body, like, acts completely separate and independent of the head. And anyone who, like, actually watches human beings talk realizes that, like... Their facial reactions are dictating their body reactions, Mm -hmm. how their shoulders are moving, how their whole head is moving. And it's really hard to just go and transplant like a facial like CG mesh on top of something that's being independently animated. And there's so many jarring instances where it just did not feel right, Mm -hmm. the way he was acting throughout that entire movie. It puts you off to the character even. Like there's this uncanny valley thing happening where it's just... This is kind of close to reality but it's making me more uncomfortable how close it is but still off. Yeah. So, yeah, they they handicap him. Like yeah. it didn't they didn't need to do that, yeah. dude. Like you couldn't have just paint him blue. Right? Like, or or made him, like, translucent. Like, Yeah, I mean, come on.
0: Obi-Wan's been translucent for 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. what? Well, and, and the thing is, like, when it gets to his big song, Friend Like Me, yeah. it's pretty good. Yeah. He does a good job with it. And, like, he took the beat, like, he made he made his own. He got to produce it. He got to help produce that song for the movie. I, I was listening to an interview with him. Yeah. So he took the beat from, like, a hip-hop song that he grew up listening to. And that's how he, that was his end to, like not just do Robin Williams version of it. And like, it it sounds good. It was Mm -hmm. good and loud in my theater. And like the product, that was the best sounding song in the movie to Mm. me. Um, and his performance of it is really good. Um, I thought even the CGI in it was a step up a little bit. Yeah. They tried a little bit
1: harder, but to me it was too much, which is another problem I had with it, but but go on.
0: Um, so that scene I thought was the best use of any special effects in the movie. Mm. Um, and it was just like, why doesn't it all look like this? Right. Um so that was that was really inconsistent. The guy Ritchie stuff, it was really distracting. I'm not I don't want to say I'm not a Guy Ritchie fan, but I'm not not a Guy Ritchie fan, but I'm not a Guy Ritchie fan. like I can take him or leave him, basically. Mm-hmm. He's made stuff I liked, he's made stuff I didn't like. I really like Man from Uncle. Mm-hmm. Um I would have much rather he made this... Made that in the sequel to that instead right. of this. It, but it sounds like... The movie feels like Guy Ritchie heard about Bollywood at a diner and then <laughs> tried to make one of those movies.
1: Yeah, it's like a bad telephone version of Bollywood.
0: Right. Which, like... <laughs> like, if they wanted that aesthetic for it, just go get a Bollywood guy, man. There's yeah. plenty of... Like, that's a... That is a thriving movie industry that like is fine on its own. like it stands well on its own and it uh, i understand i don't know too much about that my understanding is they're getting a lot better like because there's been this influx of interest in those movies their production values are getting a lot better directors are really figuring out how to like make these movies really well they could have gotten an up-and-coming bollywood guy for this i think oh yeah And they should have, based on... Because the aesthetic of everything seems like that's what they wanted this movie to feel like. Well, yeah.
1: And also, they went through the trouble... Or, not the trouble. They went through the effort of trying to go and cast people who weren't just whitewashed, you know, uh, or anything like that. But then you go and get, like, this pasty white English guy to go and direct it, which has no experience in this genre.
0: Yeah, like... At least get, like, Danny Boyle, who kind of, like, you know? Yeah, right. Like, just get someone
1: who has some experience in musicals, dude. Like, come on. Like, the staging of this.
0: Yeah. Um, So that brought up... That brings up another kind of issue I had, which is... I got crap for sticking on this point. But it's really bizarre to me, the accents in this movie...
1: (laughs) Yeah, they go all over the place. They're
0: all over the place. And, like, presumably, this is... It's not a real place, but presumably it's set relatively in the Middle East. Yeah. And no one has an accent from Middle East, from the Middle East, except the villains, (laughs) which is kind of a problem. (laughs) Uh, Right. Because one, everyone should be having those accents. And two, that's a weird message. Uh Um. And so, yeah, like people just have these crazy, just straight-ass American accents in this movie, and I thought I thought it was really distracting. Yeah, because they're not white people. Mm-hmm. They, uh, the all the mains are, you know, Middle Eastern or or Will Smith is black, so it makes sense for him to not necessarily have the accent. And I know the argument against it is like, well, it's not in the cartoon, but that that's fine in a cartoon. Like, it doesn't look like a real place that I've seen. You yeah, know? so. These people look Middle Eastern. They're presenting essentially as Middle Eastern. They're in these settings that are presenting as Middle Eastern. And then they're just like, Hi, I'm Aladdin! And you're like, What? Yeah. Why do you sound like this? Yeah. And then, like, a Jasmine's handmaiden who's white has, like, a British accent?
1: I don't know what they were going for for her. But Wait. sometimes
0: she doesn't have a British accent.
1: I, I don't know what they were going for with that one. Yeah. Uh, it just feels like there was a... A big conceptual problem, or a directing problem when it came to that. Like, someone who actually had a coherent vision of things would not have allowed, like, five different accents to be in yeah, the same because, fictional location. Well,
0: because, like, Jasmine's dad has an accent. Yeah. And Jasmine doesn't have an accent. Right. But presumably, these this is the guy that taught her how to speak. Yeah, yeah like what
1: yeah, it's just it doesn't make any sense well
0: in all the names of places sound middle East, agrabah uh, I mean, blah, arabian blah, nights man yeah like, <laughs> yeah it's called arabian <laughs> yeah that's the lead-in song um so that was that was really jarring to see yeah and uh, yeah i don't know someone was like well did you want him to have french accents and beauty and the beast and i was like <laughs> that's a little bit more removed in that movie i like France isn't really a character in that movie. Agrabah is a character in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. Jasmine's entire sense of why she wants to be the leader of Agrabah is because she feels like she's of the people. Right. Like th- th- it, it plays an important role to one of the main characters' stories. Mm-hmm. So it should they should sound like they're from there, <laughs> I yeah. felt like. Or at the very least, like, give them British accents. They should have sounded Middle Eastern, but,
1: at like... Well, just, just, just pick one thing and go with it. Yeah, you we
0: know? should have been consistent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was real strange. Because then all of Jafar's henchmen have these Middle Eastern accents, which, like I said, huge problem. <laughs> it, but he kind of doesn't.
1: Yeah. Well, he, well he, I, I don't even know what he was going for either, no. other than just bad acting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then, like, once again, this goes back into the, like, rip off, bad bollywood aesthetic like the costumes are terrible yeah like it's weird because you get the sense that they probably spent a lot of
1: money on them Mm -hmm. but they don't film well nope (laughs) like i don't know how that happens yeah this movie clearly had like a lot of money thrown at it but it all went to waste because it's filmed like shit (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know and the cg there's like a ton of it Mm -hmm. everywhere and almost all looks bad like yep. almost universally like i can't think of too many things that actually look good and just to go and harp on the genie thing one more time like okay they gave him proportions like how he does in the cartoon right sure. basically yeah the problem is is that the cartoon every character is caricatured and has weird proportions cuz they're in a cartoon. Yeah,
0: cuz like like Aladdin has like floppy pants.
1: Right, you know, floppy pants and you know like they all have like different proportions, you know, and the sultan's like like a really squat like, you yeah, know, yeah. small guy. He's super, right. small. He's so super And so you're translating like a very cartoon aesthetic that makes sense in that world. Cause everyone's weirdly proportioned. And then you bring that into the real world where he's weirdly proportioned and everybody else is kind of the same normal proportion. Cause, <laughs> yeah. cause they're human. Right? Oh. <laughs> and like, I get he's a genie, but like, what, like, why was there, like, a literal, like, one-to-one translation with that, you know? Yeah. Uh, th- other than just nostalgia being the reason. Like, right. it's like it's a misunderstanding of, like, what the artistic direction was trying to convey. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Um. As far as the leads go, I think you're right. I think, I, I know it's a problem that I can't remember his name.
1: It's like M- Musad Mina or something like something that. Something like or, that.
0: Yeah. I thought Aladdin was pretty good. Yeah. I, I liked it. I was watching him and I was like, ooh, you're trying your hardest, man. Yeah. He is not served well by that script at all. No. Um, he's really badly written, I thought. Yeah. He's, man. Uh, he's really likable. I want to see him in more stuff. Yeah, I liked him. I thought he was good. I um, thought he was good too. I thought Naomi Scott was good. Her arc is the best, I think, over the course. It's the most complete. It's the most coherent. Yeah. It makes the most sense. Yeah. Thematically, her song is pretty good. Uh, it. Mina Massad, by the way, for Latin. Mina Massad? Yeah. Okay. Um, her her final song is is pretty good. Like her final is pretty good. She does a good job on it. So yeah, she's yeah. got a good voice.
1: Yeah, she can actually. She sings the best out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Like she actually has, I think, yeah. the most experience singing yeah. too. Um, of course, the only problem with that song is that it's basically like Frozen in the desert.
0: Yeah, it <laughs> like. does sound. It does sound like that. <laughs> um, the other oh, so going back to the Bollywood thing again. That scene where they're, they're getting chased through the streets of Agrabah and they're singing the, the, the song, I don't remember the name of the song, it's in the original, but they kind of retooled the lyrics. Uh, they do this weird overcrank effect to the, the way it looks, and I hated every second of it. it that's the ugliest scene in the movie, I thought. Mm-hmm. It just looked so bad. Yeah, and it, it was really distracting. It completely took me out of it because I was like, "Why are they so sped up? Like, what's this weird like silent movie effect doing?" Yeah, in this movie, like, th- it was edited really poorly. There's yeah. just so
1: many cuts, like in a lot of the scenes and yeah. doing that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, well, and
0: it's got that Guy Ritchie parkour thing, mm-hmm. which like, fine, like I guess that doesn't not fit Aladdin. We see him do that in the cartoons yeah. too. But it's really bad looking mm. like it. it. I think the problem is you can tell that stunt people did the stunts. Yeah, it's they didn't CGI the, the parkour stuff, but it's shot so close that it seems like they're trying to hide something. Yeah. And I mean, Guy Ritchie has been shooting this parkour stuff since he started. So he's not a stranger to shooting it for real. So I don't know what he did. And there's a lot of close ups. In mm. the movie. It looks really bad. Like, they're just jamming the camera in everyone's face always. It looks like an episode of TV.
1: Yeah, it does. Yeah, the cinematography in general is pretty poor when yeah. it comes to that.
0: And, like, I, I mean, they spend $150 to, like, $170 million on every single one of these Disney rooms. They spend $150 million on Dumbo. <laughs> I, I'm gonna like... I don't feel like you see a lot of this on screen. So where is it going? <laughs> I don't know. Because it's not like they're getting huge names for this either. Yeah. It's not like Guy Ritchie's that expensive. Will Smith probably is. But he's not like $150 million for the movie expensive. Like, and
1: Will Smith's price tag has gone down. It's gone down. Considerably. Yeah. yeah. So and Like,
0: Dumbo, I can't think of a single person. Tim Burton isn't worth that much. Michael, Michael Keaton. Keaton. Michael Keaton <laughs> made Michael Buffer. That <laughs> <laughs> was all Buffer money. Yeah. It was all buffer money, but I th- I liked Dumbo better than I like this. Actually, really? Michael Buffer and all. Uh, I thought I thought that movie was more consistently well made. Uh, the kid actors are really bad in it, but mm-hmm. I I don't know. I like it, it. was it was more focused. I thought on Dumbo's arc, which yeah. I mean, it's a pretty simple arc, but so is Aladdin. Yeah. Like, because Dumbo's arc is just like, he's a sad, small elephant with anxiety that wants to see his mom. Right. And it nailed that part. And so that way it worked. And then Aladdin, it's just like, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. And it doesn't (laughs) not get that point across, but it could have done it a lot better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it just kind of gets muddled and lost in the additional 20 minutes that they add to the movie that really serve no
0: purpose. Yeah, I, so I've been kind of, I kind of defended tooth and nail the extended runtimes of these uh, Disney remakes, including Beauty and the Beast, Beauty and the Beast. There's a, that's actually my favorite stuff in Beauty and the Beast, the remake, because um, it it's, it's, this really dark song about Belle's mom dying of the plague. Oh yeah,
1: that one. Yeah.
0: Um, and I liked it. I was like, "Ooh, this is spicy! <laughs> like, yeah. this is really kind of messed up and cool." Yeah. And I thought it worked really. The Cinderella is still the gold standard for me as far as these Disney remakes go. So I haven't felt like so far until this one. I haven't felt like they haven't justified the extended runtime. Mm-hmm. But this one, I don't know what they expanded on. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where that extra twenty minutes came from. I
1: don't know. You have some more scenes of Jafar plotting to go and like invade other nations or something like that, and somehow that expanded the runtime. I don't even know where it went. <laughs> I, just, I don't know.
0: Yeah. So all that to say, do you have anything else to talk about, Aladdin? <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. Um. Not really. No. I th- I thought. Um. It feels like we're bagging on it a lot. I did think. Somehow I liked it more despite those technical limitations. But it's hard to say that there's any particular thing other than, like, the cast. The casting of some of these people Mm -hmm. that I liked.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And just sort of a natural charisma about Mm -hmm. them. Yeah. The last thing I want to talk about is Iago. Oh, yeah. Because Iago's one of my favorite characters from the original. Because it's, like, this weird, like... Gilbert Godfrey voiced right. parrot thing. And yeah. that's like, that's a good hook for one of these Disney talking animal for sure. things. This one, it's Alan Tudyk, which should be a slam dunk. Like that's, I feel like that's perfect casting yeah. for that same, like, Control-C, Control-V, mm-hmm. that performance to Alan Tudyk. And I, I totally get it, right? Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know. I think that dude is... He's kind of like Disney's golden child. Yeah. And I, I get it, man. Like, he's consistent. That dude puts in solid work in all of these things, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and his voice work, like, he's, he's a good voice actor. Oh, he's for sure. An incredible voice actor. And they just relegate him to, like, repeating stuff, like how a parrot does. Right. He, he, well, all they have
1: him do is just this, like, the primary purpose he Serves as just being a drone. Yeah. A surveillance drone. Yeah. (laughs) Like, which is like, he didn't even need to have a voice or certainly not be voiced by Alan Tidak to do what he did.
0: I, It was such a waste. Cause like when I found out, I didn't know he was Iago until like two days before the movie came out. And I was like, oh, he might be pretty good. Mm -hmm. Cause I could totally see him like sassing Jafar and like having this cool back and forth with him. And they don't even try. It's not like they tried, and like Jafar sucks as an actor, mm. so th- it doesn't work. But Alan Tudyk's so still good. <laughs> yeah. he's very bad. But like, it just—they just completely uh, misused him. Like, yeah. When you get when you get that dude to do something, you give him something to do. Yeah. And they just didn't for whatever reason. I don't know if they were like, "Ah, we got you for two hours. Let's go." Right. But it, that performance should have been way better.
1: Uh, agreed. Oh, I guess there's one other thing we should probably talk about. Mm. Uh, I feel like most of the renditions of the songs were pretty good. Do you, I mean, Arabian Nights is pretty bad because Will Smith could not <laughs> pull off that song with his range.
0: I thought they were, for the most part, auto-tuned within an inch of their lives. Yeah. Across the board, with the exception of Friend Like Me. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's it. Prince Ali, it was less noticeable. Yeah. Um, Prince Ali felt kind of slow to me. I don't know if that was just... There was no energy in the sequence or... Yeah. It,
1: there there was something missing in the direction of that scene. Yeah. Um, it felt like it was edited within an inch of his life. Yes. Just so many cuts like yeah. so many just f- bad reaction shots like why don't you see someone's like like someone like the sultan's reaction to something like yeah because
0: you know if you go back and watch the original we see those reaction shots yeah. but genie's popping in and out of right. the, all those reactions so there's he's still the main driver between yes. why we're seeing all of that
1: exactly that's not
0: happening in this
1: no it isn't um so that's a really weird choice. And sometimes, like, let's go and focus on, like, weird, random, bit extra people, like, mm-hmm. doing the choreography, which is weird. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, there was no energy to it.
0: Yeah. I thought Whole New World was super auto-tuned. Maybe I need to listen to it again, but that one I thought was really distracting. It was really mm. dark. It was a really dark scene. Yeah. It and,
1: was not filmed as well as you would think the big standout scene of the movie would yeah.
0: be. Uh, my favorite my two favorites from the movie were Friend Like Me, which I wasn't expecting, actually. I thought I was going to hate that. Yeah. And the new one. Yeah. Those are the two best songs in the movie, I thought.
1: I would probably agree. Yeah.
0: And then the, the Chase Through Edgar, but I don't remember the name of that. The Street Rat song or whatever. That was It was ruined by that under overcranking. Yeah. Well, the new one, uh,
1: the new song was also decent because it had like kind of an, an actual idea behind it in terms sure. of it was like a one take for most of it. Yeah. Which I liked. It felt like that was the one time that like a directorial decision was made that was good. <laughs> that yeah. Benefited.
0: And like the, it, it, it's the most it leaned into like being a musical where like, Dreamy stuff, yeah, happens. right. You know, with it's her fantastical.
1: Going it's like not really happy in reality. Yeah, yeah. Which
0: is like, you know, she's going into the back into the throne room. Like she's she's kind of just taking charge and being like, right. I'm not standing for this. Like I'm not gonna just let wrong things happen. Yeah. And so she goes back into the throne room, and these, you know, the guards and all these people start disintegrating, and she's really like becoming her own person. Like the direction matches with the theme of the song. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's the most like co- coherent. The cohesive section of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's
1: definitely not incontinent.
0: <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> uh, yeah, other than that, Jafar is terrible. Oh, man.
1: Like, when he goes full mustache twirling villain at the end, mm-hmm. that's when you need a really great actor to just eat scenery yeah. up. And this guy can't. Nope. Like, he, he can't eat scenery. He, like, maybe nibbles on it. Yeah. It, it's just god awful. Well,
0: and I think, I think No Snake Jafar was a misstep.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, if you have a guy who can't act, then let a CG character, like, take over at that point or <laughs> yeah. something. Crap.
0: Yeah, but also, that's, like, an iconic image from the original, and you just right. aren't gonna do that part. Yeah. It just felt weird to me, where it's like, what? Like, that's the thing that, like, traumatized every kid who saw this movie in 1992. Like, yeah. he's one of the iconic Disney villains because of that final scene. hmm And they just, he's just still Jafar. Right. He he was not menacing at all. There was, at no point did I feel like he was a legitimate threat. He's so, like, and I know Kid Movie, but, like, he's so evil the Mm -hmm. entire runtime that everyone's just like, you're stupid to (laughs) anyone who's believing him at this point.
1: Yeah. Man, this is, like, no nuance to him. Yeah. There's no charisma.
0: Yeah. So, all that to be said, this movie made a hundred million dollars this weekend. What? Um, Did you talk to anyone who was super excited about it? No. Me neither. I talked to (laughs) one person who was super excited about it. And then Uh. what happened is the movie came out. And my Facebook exploded with people who were like, I have been waiting for this movie since they started the Disney remakes. And I was like, I haven't seen you talk about this at all. I haven't had a single conversation with you about this. Like, you were so excited you couldn't say anything, Mm -hmm. apparently. And people came out of the woodwork. That screening I went to was pretty packed. Mm -hmm. And it was like 10, 15 on the Thursday night. Yeah. Like, it was full all weekend because I had to see two other movies. I saw John Wick 3 again and Brightburn. And it was packed. Like, not Brightburn and John Wick 3, but Aladdin. Like, people were turning out for Aladdin. I saw so many people wearing Aladdin t-shirts to see it. And people showed up for this movie. Man, mm-hmm. Which I know we had talked about. Uh, maybe they wouldn't just because it's, like, right in the middle of a lot of other stuff. Yeah. We were wrong. Well, uh, true, but at the same time... It overperformed, based on uh, expectations.
1: I thought, I thought it didn't. I thought it was kind of under what they were hoping for, but... Oh, I, th- I heard it was over. It... I mean, in comparison to what it could have made, it could have made a lot more for Memorial Day weekend. So... I guess so. Um, it, These movies... I think the remakes are serving a function to go and just kind of suck out any potential of life for anything else. (laughs) Um, They make a lot of money, but they're not, this is not going to make a billion dollars. Like beauty and the beast made a billion dollars. This is not sure. Um, So, but that being said, it is still performing the function that Disney wants it to, which is okay. Okay. Immediately after in game, what were you probably going to see? If you have a family, you were probably going to see this, yeah. and so basically, it effectively destroyed like anything between in game and now. Mm-hmm. So Detective Pikachu was kind of damaged by this, for yeah. example, and then probably whatever comes out the next couple weekends is going to be damaged. But Godzilla is going to pay for it. Yeah. You know, it's serving Disney's function, which is I think to just suffocate like the room and have you only watching Disney movies with your family.
0: Sure. So now, how do they avoid the Ouroboros effect on this? Yeah. With, you've got Toy Story 4, Mm -hmm. June 21st, and then, like, a week or two later, you've got Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah. And then, like, three weeks later, you've got Lion King.
1: I think, I think that they kind of slightly don't care. Like, I think that these movies are cannibalizing each other. Like, I think that this movie... May have been able to do even more if it had been, if these remakes weren't all squished together within like a three or four month period. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if they space them out, they'd probably do better. I think that they're doing this to go and kill the competition for everybody else, and they'll go and take a hit and cannibalize them themselves just to go and stop anybody else from having a breakout.
0: It works out for us, because after July, we don't really have to talk about a Disney movie till Star Wars. Oh, thank God. <laughs> so, <laughs> as, as a critic and podcaster, I'm all for them jamming this into the first half of the yeah. year. Because um, one, it helps us set a real easy schedule for you guys. Yeah. And two, we can be done with them for a good long while once they're done. And last year, it did kind of shoot us in the foot, because nothing good came out after the Disney movies were done. Yeah. This year, I think, is more promising. True. Um. So, all that to be said, now we got Disney Plus coming out. Now Disney owns Hulu. Now Disney owns Fox. Like, yeah. what is this? What does this mean? Like, is it just like, is it just good capitalism? I guess it technically is, but is like, is this good for the industry?
1: I don't think so. I mean, well, I think the part of the reason why they're even acquiring 20th Century Fox is because Fox couldn't go and compete in the movie sphere. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the result of suffocating the room or, mm-hmm. you know, just drowning things out to the point where only, you know, all a family of four is watching and spending. You know, fifty to sixty to hundred dollars on going to the cinema is this stuff, mm-hmm. and you know I think that maybe Warner Brothers and Universal have enough resources to compete with this, but I don't think Sony Pictures is going to be around no. for, forever. You know, not I,
0: unless Ghostbusters saves them. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah.
1: It, like and whatever tenants, whatever tenuous grasp they have on Spider Man continues to no. work. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, I forgot about that, but. This is quickly becoming the only alternative you have to get, like, something high production uh, with the kind of recognizable characters that you want to see.
0: So, my question is, is this going to choke out the rest of the market? Or is it going to force people to get smarter about the way they're spending and release smaller budgeted... Like, I don't remember if we talked about this on the John Wick 3 podcast. Mm. I think we did. All three of those movies combined cost $115 million to make. Right. And they're awesome. Yeah. All three of them. Like, there is a market for... And I think the release of 3 proved that Mm -hmm. based on the fact that it's an R-rated movie that is the third in an R-rated franchise. It's the third consecutive R-rated movie in an R-rated franchise and it was the endgame killer. Do you know how many like I know something had to have been eventually, but I think a lot of people were expecting it to be Aladdin. Yeah. And uh that earned Lionsgate and Stalhesky and that franchise a ton of clout. Mm-hmm, like I agree. that's a that's a big card to play of like, hey, we're it's it was us. It was the R-rated Lionsgate movie. Yeah. <laughs> um that toppled in-game, not themselves.
1: Yeah, well, it was, it was good counter-programming, you know, because it's the type of movie that maybe not all the entire in-game uh, audience can even see. <laughs> right, <laughs> they right. can't even buy the ticket to right. an R-rated movie. Um, but also, beyond just that, it's going for a completely different thing. So I, I do think that's an argument. Um, you know, I, I'm a big believer in capitalism that, like, you know, eventually something someone's going to come up with a better idea and can mm-hmm. go and topple even the giants. You know, I mean, think about, and this is a completely different field, but how everyone was acting like, you know, Microsoft was going to kill, like, the tech industry, right, mm-hmm. in the 90s. Well, I mean, Microsoft is maybe, like, the fourth or fifth most important, like, yeah. tech company now. Yeah. You know, so many things have come in in its place. Um, and it's just because, because they had an idea that Microsoft didn't.
0: Well, and the market kind of leveled out, too. It right. Like, it's not like it's not like one tech company is dominating the market now. It figured itself out, right? So it's like Facebook, Google, Apple, Microsoft. And like, it is those four, but like, they're all, it's pretty even as far as I know. I don't super keep up with that industry, but like, it's not like anyone's really dominating. Google may be more than everyone else, but
1: Mm.
0: I I mean, when we're talking billions of dollars, I think it's a matter of degrees.
1: Yeah. But on the other hand, there's something different between like, the, the That tech situation in the entertainment industry, which is that there's a lot of brands now under the Disney house. Yeah. You know, it, it's no studio can make a Star Wars movie besides Disney.
0: Right, right. <laughs>
1: you know, it, no, no one else is going to make a Marvel movie right. besides Disney. They have so many IPs now yeah. that are theirs.
0: Well, and also sports. Right. That's a big one. Yeah, ESPN. That's the only reason people still have cable. Mm-hmm. It's the only reason. I'm yeah. convinced. As soon as some sort of good streaming sports model comes out, cable and satellite are dead. Mm-hmm. Like those will not be the standard. I would say in the next ten years. Yeah. Um. I mean, I I would say they're not. They're already not the standard. It is not the norm to have cable or satellite anymore.
1: Oh, especially among our generation. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you.
0: Um. So, like, if. Disney was able to add like an ESPN option, which I think they are to Disney Disney Plus or something. Mm -hmm. Dunzo, yeah. Um, You know, and, and even like the pricing for probably the first year of Disney Plus is aggressive. Yes. It is, uh, great. what is it, like six ninety nine?
1: Yeah, it, it's, it is aimed at killing Netflix. Yeah. See, this is what, I'm, like, my argument is about what they're doing with the movie, like, in the theater experience, you know, is they're trying to kill everybody else by just undercutting them constantly. And they can take a hit, you know? Because yeah. if the future means that they own all of entertainment, then the little short-term hit was worth it to them. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. Then again, you know, arguably you could say the consumer win, wins out then. Like, in this current situation, at least, uh... They get to go and pay a lot less money for something that's going to give them a ton of options. Yeah. My fear is, Wab's when they go and kill all the other options, yeah. uh, the other alternatives, and all you're left with is this, and they can just jack up the price then. Yeah. Exactly. You know? But, and, you know, obviously they probably have enough common sense not to go too far with it. Um, and one reason why this even works is because people like these movies, like they like their output for the most part right now. Like, yeah. You you and I might be kind of middling on some of the stuff that they're yeah. doing, but. In general, they're making crowd-pleasing movies. Yeah. And so, it kind of falls apart once they go and make a string of really bad ones.
0: Yeah. Which, they haven't. Right. Yeah. Like... Like... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Even... I mean... Like, I'm kind of sick of their house style, but I know most
1: people aren't. You know, I don't represent the vast majority of people. I know that.
0: And, like, we are still pretty positive on the Marvel things. Mm. You know? And, like... I know Star Wars is a little controversial, but you can't look at those movies and not say that like, they weren't well made things like they, you know, they might not have pleased audiences. And then they ran with the controversy that was, you know, Mm. um, but uh, people, I mean, they took a hit on solo, but ultimately I think it's fine. And like, I, I don't know. I think that'll be fine too. And I think once the Mandal, I think people are hyped about the Mandalorian. Yeah. People who even like, I kind of didn't really like Last Jedi or even Solo were kind of like that looks kind of cool and like I like the talent they have mm-hmm. involved like they did a really good job I think not necessarily damage control because we'll see how many people actually watch it or whatever Yeah, but I think they did a really good job generating like hey we got like Bryce Dallas Howard to direct one we got Taika Waititi to direct one Yeah, John Favreau is like That guy's the freaking... He's the behind-the-scenes The the Rock. Mm. Uh, He's their franchise saver and starter in a lot of places. Because, like, Jungle Book did really good. Mm. Lion King's gonna make a ton of money. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's the reason for the MCU. Like... Which I guess is enough clout in right. the in Disney to make him do whatever he wants. But I think he's also a big reason why people are getting excited about Mandalorian is they're like, I like like John Favreau has made good movies recently, mm-hmm. and I I kind of want to see him do this expanded version of a cinematic story. So I think they're even mitigating that pretty pretty well, better than I think people maybe thought have when crap at the fan with Last Jedi.
1: Yeah, I think that they um have they did the right play with, which is to go and kind of put their heads in the sand for a little while Yeah, like for a good year almost yeah almost
0: two yeah
1: um, that was just the right idea because I think they realized how oversaturated they had gotten with this stuff yeah um, so I think that was the right call and that, they're
0: slowing down on Star Wars movies yeah, too
1: yeah well that's the thing is like you can't say they were unequivocally like they've been successful because I mean they had to go and trash their whole idea of having like a one a year or maybe even more a year yeah uh, idea yeah but at the same time, they recognize their mistake, and yeah. they seem to have corrected it. Yeah. Um, of course, now people are pissed off because the uh, the Game of Thrones guys are going to go and direct the other sure. movies. But anyway, yeah. there's always something going on. Yeah. Um, but they so far have made the right moves, and so this whole thing can blow up when they stop making them. Yeah. You know? and well,
0: and even they can even take the hit on Star Wars. Yeah. You know, like, because they have Marvel and right. these remakes, and... People are liking those stuff. Like,
1: mm. to,
0: uh, if two-thirds of the things are making a billion dollars or half a billion dollars every time... I mean, in terms of dollars, like, last shit, I still made a, a billion dollars. Yeah. It still grossed a billion dollars. Like, they took the hit... They saw the hit on Solo. Yeah. But...
1: Well, they also saw the hit in, like, the... I made a lot of its money the first weekend. Sure. And the second and third is when it had, like, a big drop-off. Right. Um, so, that's arguably... They rode the wave of hype from force awakens and rogue one and yeah. then word of mouth was a little more mixed and they got hit a little bit there too right but right. yeah but the hit still resulted in a like billion, billion dollars, dollars. <laughs> right, like, right. yeah point point well taken
0: yeah to say that movie underperformed is like that's silly when you're talking about a movie that made a billion dollars yeah. like i saw a thing this week that said like endgame performed under expectations and i was like didn't that movie make like two billion billion? (laughs)
1: dollars well see it didn't make like 70 million more to go and beat Avatar so thus it was a failure
0: right like what
1: which by the way Disney now also owns yeah so why do they care
0: (laughs) yeah at all (laughs) because
1: they've got like four sequels or three sequels of that coming okay god
0: four (sighs) There's gonna be four Avatar movies so they don't need to do a Star Wars every year because they can offset that with Avatar movies right so it doesn't matter
1: yeah that's see that's the thing that gets me like kind of worried about this future, man at the same time but it's just man they own so many things
0: yeah it's like crazy like last week i kind of like didn't have a real strong opinion on it until they were like we own hulu now too and i was like what yeah that was the one that was what did me in. that's when i was like all right, we need to have a conversation. Like culturally, we need to talk about this way more than we are. Yeah. Well,
1: I don't want to get into like talking about antitrusts and all this stuff on our podcast, but it
0: doesn't seem like they have a lot. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I do want to. I guess I hadn't thought about the, the yeah, lawyer thing with that, yeah. but like, at what point can we say they have like a, a monopoly? monopoly? i feel like we have
1: it <laughs> yeah and somehow like you know it, it, it was this fox in disney merger was approved but like i feel like if you use some of the same criteria you used to go and bust other companies like you know the government went after microsoft like i said back in the 90s yeah um it's suddenly like we're not applying that as much these days and, yeah
0: Okay, I I obviously am ignorant to what those laws are. But right,
1: I, and I need to admittedly go and look into them some more. So right. maybe the next time we talk about one of these Disney monolithic movies, right. we can talk about it then. But um, I do think that we are approaching the stage where it's a monopoly, and that is like a legitimate concern, I think.
0: Yeah, that's why it's illegal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's illegal for a reason.
1: Right. Um, so... I think it's going to be very interesting to see where things go in the next couple of years. Um, I think they put a lot of their eggs in this 2019 basket for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. I mean, mean, they're firing, you know, the the biggest Avengers movie. Well, they're 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 writing that. And, you know, the last Star Wars movie, the Skywalker saga anyway. Right, right. You know, like they're putting a lot of emphasis on like firing all their big guns this year we'll kind of see what they have left after this, you know, and maybe, maybe my concerns won't be as much. Maybe we won't have like every other week we're talking about a Disney movie. Right.
0: But uh, like I said, we won't until we won't after July. Really? As far as I know. Yeah. Unless something crazy comes out of nowhere. Not until star Wars. Yeah. So I think the, I think that's where the hangup is. Is it's like, the argument is like, well, you got a whole half of the year in the middle yeah. there to go release whatever you want.
1: True. Yeah. yeah. But, that, but then it's like the shittiest part yeah. of the year yeah. to release a movie yeah. for, you know, like you're fighting for scraps at that point. It's yeah. At least like a movie in August or September. Yeah. Nobody There's
0: cares. always one big hit in August. Yes. Which will be Hobbs and Shaw this year mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then September, October and November are fighting for scraps. And then uh, we'll see how well Star Wars does. I think it'll do better than Solo is the, do you have anything else
1: um no
0: yeah uh nope we made a movie you can watch that
1: yeah the precinct ah. redemption go to youtube find yep. it
0: yep we posted about it it's on uh the website too true right that yep. real mm-hmm. um we'll be back soon with uh jeremy calcara i think to talk about Brightburn, which I said is super gross. We'll be back next week to talk about Godzilla, King of the Monsters. And uh, I'm not sure where we're going from there. I don't remember what we have scheduled out. I know Aaron White is coming on for Dark Phoenix. Aaron White from Feel Film. Film. Oh. <laughs> uh, Patrick Hicks, the other component of, uh, as you guys know him, Patch from Feel Film. The other co-host is coming on for... That Beatles one. Yesterday. (laughs) Yesterday is the name of that movie. Um, So we'll have both of them on, I think, in June. I think both of those movies come out in June. Wow. Which is weird to me.
1: Uh
0: Uh, Because I feel like yesterday should come out as more of an Oscar contender. Because it seems like that's what it wants to be.
1: When's the Elton John movie coming out?
0: This Friday. Oh, what the... Man, there's so many movies coming out. Yep.
1: Yeah. Um, Not that I was... Interested in that either way, but mm. I was just wondering.
0: Yeah, it's this Friday.
1: Are we doing Toy Story four? uh
0: We have a guest book for it. Okay, you don't have to be on it, obviously, but we do have it. As far as I know, we have. A, I gotta check with him. Yeah, we're gonna talk about our schedule after this. After, <laughs> after we, <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll,
1: we'll save you the time.
0: Yep. Um, as for yes, essentially, there will be at least an episode on it. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I kind of want to do Child's Play that weekend too, because the marketing has been so closely tied together and I'm probably going to see it. I just don't know what guests would come on for it. Yeah. Um, cause I would, I, I assume I would need a guest for it unless you want to see Child's Play. Not really. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, yeah. Until next time, we're the bad guys. DJ Collins at the end of the lab. <laughs> <laughs> Naomi
1: Scott's hot.